I feel like you started this time. I've, I've started it like the last okay. few times. I feel like I'm being bossy. No, I, it kind of like lends to welcome to the Book Report podcast with Allie and Rach. I'm Allie. And then I say I'm Rach. Okay, do you want me to do that? Yeah, it I think okay. it makes sense for you to do it. Welcome to the book. <laughs> now I'm giggling about it. <laughs> Welcome to the book report podcast with Allie and Rach. I'm Allie and I'm Rach. Da, da, da. <laughs> I was like very snazzy. Welcome to February. Welcome to February, dear readers. You've made it through January, the darkest month of the year. But we're recording this. In we the are. Past. We're recording this in the past. It's still January. When you listen to this, Allie and Rach, remember how good you felt. I know. It's 18 kinda... days into sobriety. <laughs> it is nice recording things in the past, knowing I'm like hyping myself up for the future. Mm-hmm. Is how it feels. I'm like, welcome to February. Oh, I'm not there yet, but I'm going to be there. I don't like January. We've already talked about this. It's my least favorite month. But actually, we haven't because the episode we last recorded. Yeah, we're all out of order. Things are out of whack. <laughs> you might listen to February and be like, she already said that once. Or, wow, that sounded like the first episode of February. But welcome to the everyday lives of Allie yeah, Hitch. We're, we're getting by, y'all. But we're doing great, sweeties. We're doing good. This also is the first book we're doing in our Black History Month series. Yes. Woohoo. And i am I'm been so excited about this month. The books that we picked are books that I feel like I wanted to read for a really long time. This book was actually unbeknownst to me. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I kind of recognized the cover, but it wasn't this book. We are reading remote, or we read Remote Control by Nettie Okafor. Okorafor. Okorafor. Mm-hmm. Damn it. Sorry, It's Nettie. okay. And she writes a really popular book on book talk called Binti. It's a series. It's a Binti series, yeah. It's a Binti series. And... That I, I was reading a little bit we, about we that. Need to do that one, and I liked her writing yeah. a lot. And it, well, we can we can jump right in, but first we can talk about the cocktail. Okay, yeah, let's talk about that. So, we're doing Dry January, mm-hmm. but we're also trying to think of things that if you weren't yeah. in Dry January, which you're listening to some February, what could you make? Mm-hmm. And I just love a good gin and juice. And so I was inspired by probably the saddest scene in the book where um, Sakura. Sankofa? Sankofa. 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 Sorry. Start that over. Okay. This was inspired by probably the saddest scene in the book where Sankofa has just been reunited with her magical box. Mm -hmm. He gets a Fanta. Mm -hmm. And she just wants to enjoy finally being reunited with this thing that she's been looking for uh-huh. for years and having this delicious meal uh-huh. and this refreshing Fanta. And for a small moment, I delighted in that feeling. Uh-huh. She's interrupted and her world kind of falls apart in the same scene. But I haven't had a Fanta in probably oh uh, 200 years. Love I don't remember the Fanta. last time I ever had a Fanta. And I didn't want to spoil the temple that is my january body <laughs> has nothing to do with sugar just like i don't like feeling like shit uh-huh. and i just knew i'm gonna bring some fantas over here uh-huh. and we're gonna drink them out of the bottle so i made an <gasps> orange tonic i love that <laughs> no i like it i like it like a like a bougie orange fanta mm-hmm. okay. and so i'll tell you what's in it i juiced about six clementines a little piece of ginger and what else did I put in? Oh, I used your clementine simple syrup oh, that nice. you made for me. And I topped it with sparkling water and a little bit of kombucha. 
This is so good. Yay. Cheers. I drank it before we cheers. Sorry. Cheers. This um, feels like I would drink this and never get a cold. Knock on wood. I'll knock probably on wake wood. up with a cold tomorrow. I can't no. get a tonsillectomy, but it feels like I would. Yeah, it has so much vitamin C, and I mm-hmm. can't get sick if I drink it. Feels very hydrating. Ooh, I'm not I gonna love feel that. like shit after this. No, I do love an orange Fanta though. I a glass bottle. Like your kids love Fanta. My kids love Fanta, and they are my sons are from Burundi, and when we. We're there going through the adoption process. We, the lawyer we were working with, we got along with him super well. And after things were kind of finalized, he took us out to this bar. That was a kid-friendly bar on the beach, kind of like a beach club situation. Mm -hmm. And they had a playground and we're all like hanging out. And the kids got glass bottle orange Fantas and we all got beer and we all had this moment. We're all sitting at the bar. They're on their like little bar stools oh at this bar on the beach. Cute. And our lawyer was like, cheers, everyone. You're a family. And we all clinked glass. It, they, there's something makes me emotional about a glass mm-hmm. bottle orange Fanta. So oh, this is Oh, I'm sorry. I couldn't recreate that for you tomorrow. No, this is perfect. I didn't want to have a Fanta hangover. No, I love this. This is, I feel like I get the nostalgia and the deliciousness, but I am healthier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I was for sure. going for tonight. So that's what inspired the the beverage that we are drinking. I think it would be – I actually think it's delicious on its own. Mm-hmm. I don't want to spike it. No. I don't think you should. You could, but – Yeah, so that would just be – You don't want to so feel good. gross tomorrow either. Yeah. I'm talking to you, future Rach. <laughs> don't please, add the gin. Please listen. Don't <laughs> add the gin. I know you think it's going to be great. So this book is really short. It is very short. If you're an audiobook reader, it is – four hours without on normal speed i listen to everything fast but because mm-hmm. i talk fast so i want to listen to things fast how is the narrator so good great narrator okay. uh i did i did realize though when i was listening to this one i clicked up the speed a little bit and then a little more and a little more and i think i want it to be i'm not just trying to get through it fast mm-hmm. i think i want it to sound as fast as i talk oh <laughs> i'm a quick talker uh-huh i i always listen to podcasts everything on at least 1.5 if not I've faster. never utilized that oh. function. So if you don't use that function, it's going to mm-hmm. be a four-hour audiobook, which is so mm-hmm. fast. It's great. Wow. Yeah. Well, I we try to always watch. We're not always great at it, but we try to always watch some interviews with the author beforehand. Mm-hmm. It helps kind of get some perspective on maybe yeah. why they wrote the book or the context in which they're writing from. And Nettie Okafor Acorafor. It's, like it's, it's just like it's spelled. What the fuck, Rach? Acorafor. <laughs> Nettie Acorafor. Her parents were immigrants. They moved here from Nigeria in the 60s, but she grew up in Ohio. Mm-hmm. And hearing about her upbringing compared to her parents was really interesting. Oh, yeah. I don't know if we watched the same interview, but she said that her parents were much I don't know if pro-America is the way, because she she grew up in Ohio. She said the neighborhood she was raised in was really racist, Mm. and she and her siblings struggled Mm. mightily growing up in the 80s. But she said her parents also could see the racism, but they held on to the opportunity that America, why why they came to America in Mm -hmm. the first place, they still clung to what it originally meant and what mm-hmm. they originally came to America for. While she never knew anything different, 
and all she saw was the struggle interesting and being unlike the people mm-hmm. in her community and she said as they were growing up I, it w- they were part of a big family i think she had four siblings mm-hmm. they would travel back to nigeria mm-hmm. and she said that that really sparked this a, a creative interest in pursuing writing mm-hmm. in the different and how she felt differently in Nigeria where everyone looked, looked the same like, as yeah. you mm-hmm. and you could always find someone that was part of your family that was really important to the communities that she visited when she was going back to Nigeria mm-hmm. with her parents and I mean I believe she still lives in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, but she said that that was pivotal yeah. to what she writes about today which that was the probably one of the most interesting things in a different interview I was watching was she said that most people write about Africa in the past mm-hmm. or currently yeah but she wasn't seeing she was really interested in science fiction and mm-hmm. um tech yeah and she wasn't seeing um people writing about Africa in the future yeah and I have never read it just kept striking me like I can't believe I keep thinking this is strange because if this was set in Ohio, yeah. nothing about this would feel weird to me. Yeah. It's um, a very realistic future. Mm-hmm. It feels not that far off. No. At all. And I kept having to like readjust my my framing and thinking what I have in my head about Africa from things that I've read, news clips, mm-hmm. movies, and not applying those ideas to yeah. her writing. Yeah. 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 Um, which was too hard to do. Yeah. I'd, I've been really convicted because mm. I feel like the books that we've been reading, are, all, are they've all been set in different places mm-hmm. than America. And I've realized how small my my worldview can be yeah. when I'm reading. Yeah. Um, and I, which is wild because I read fantasy. Yeah. And but if it's a real place with yeah. a fantastic element, like I can't connect. Mm. What I like, what I think about a place, my past experience, or not experience, but past the things exposure. you've been conditioned to, mm-hmm. yeah, the things about been... a place. That's interesting, and I, I think now's a good time to say. I meant to say this in the beginning, and I know I've said it in other episodes. Probably try to say it every episode. Uh, we are two white women mm-hmm. reading books by Black authors for Black History Month, Black female authors. If you are turning, if you are a white person and you are turning to us for your anti-racism knowledge this month, don't. We're we're not the best. We're not the best at that. We are working on, we are going to constantly work on diversifying our bookshelves. That means it's going to bring up conversations and things in us that we are currently unraveling and undoing. Our most ugly parts. Yep. And we're going to push through it and we're going to talk about it anyway. Mm Mm-hmm. That does not mean we are the people you should turn to for expert advice. There are tons of black creators who do wonderful anti-racism work. Find them, follow them, pay them for their work and do the work yourself. If we are, if you like to listen to go along on this journey with us, great. Also, if you Allie's are- accent, most people love that. <laughs> Mine, not so much. You can come <laughs> along and you can listen to us stumble through these discussions because we're not going to shy away from them. Even if that means we look back in 10 years and think, oh, my God, what were we saying? Also, if you are a black person and you are listening to this podcast and you're like, cringe, I do not want to hear two white women discuss, you know, the things that are coming up for them mm-hmm. as they read this book. Fair. 
no judgment whatsoever if you turn this shit off and go to listen to something less <laughs> totally get it. triggering for you. We yeah. get it. So I feel like we should say that probably most episodes. If there's something that you feel like we're missing. Oh, tell us. If, if, if you fall into neither of those categories and you you did listen and you think we got something really wrong, I hope, I feel like we, we talk about this a lot and, you know, I, I probably think I'm great at it and I'm would probably get a little butt hurt but we i, I want to come at this at a place of i, I want to learn yeah more yeah, yeah. and i don't want to be arrogant about anything i know nothing i know absolutely <laughs> nothing and i just want to i want to listen to yeah. how people are thinking i love reading about things that are different than what i normally read mm-hmm. and but if we say something that is super, super offensive, and normally Allie's good at correcting me, so thank you. But <laughs> if she misses it, yeah, oh, please tell us. At the end of the episode, we write different places you can find us, mm-hmm. and really, really open to feedback or correction. Yeah, yeah, um, that's so. why we're you know big fans of diversifying things. And I do think we mentioned it before, and what you were saying about you are realizing that. You are, you've been exposed to various countries in Africa with maybe not the most pot in the most positive light, or you have like a narrow view of it. Mm -hmm. I feel like the more you, like, I've traveled to several different countries throughout the continent of Africa. I have friends from all over the continent. I consume quite a bit of like music and literature and different things from across the continent. And I still struggle with that for sure. So I do all those things and I still catch myself constantly unraveling what you're exposed to. We're exposed to so much on a daily basis through advertising or social media that we're constantly as white women having to undo. And Mm -hmm. I don't think that's ever going to change. I don't think there's a moment where you are just fixed of that. Well, you just have to (laughs) – well, for me, I feel like that continual facing the ugliness of what I like, what I just thought, or what I just said, or mm-hmm. I don't just constantly confronting yeah. it is yeah. just got to do it. Do you want to do a, a quick summary? This is a novella. It is yeah very short. I want to talk about Afrofuturism. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Okay, Go for so it. I'm gonna say it right, Nettie. Nettie Akorafor. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. <laughs> she has a book that was screenwritten into something that's coming out on HBO. Ooh. And I was reading an article on the website Black Girl Nerds, but the article is written by Jason Collins. So, <laughs> boy. Interesting. <laughs> but it was, and I had read about this in another article, but I felt like this one really summarized it in a really interesting way. But for those unfamiliar with the term Afrofuturism, The term represents a cultural aesthetic, philosophy of science, and history that addresses themes and concerns of the African diaspora, predominantly African Americans through techniculture and speculative fiction, and most notably science fiction, fantasy, alternate history, and magic realism. But Okorafor disagrees, and so she wrote an essay in 2019 called Defining African Futurism, Mm -hmm. in which she strongly rejects the term Afrofuturism as a label for her work, 
and works like hers. The essay defined African futurism and African Jujuism as a subcategory of science fiction that is directly rooted in African culture, history, mythology, and point of view without privileging the West, which I think was like Mm. the most important key piece of that. But she... Anyway, that's that's what she writes. It's African futurism. And I don't think I had any other notes in here. So we can jump to the summary. I, yeah, go for it. Because I think most of my notes will be come up for the summary. Okay. Okay. So it's a short book. So it should be a short summary. But it starts with a little girl. And her name actually. Her name's Fatima. Fatima. Okay. Fatima, yeah. So she is living on a Shea farm, uh-huh. Shea butter farm, which uh-huh. I didn't know a lot about that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to slather myself in Shea butter now because that I seems dreamy. <laughs> lots of it. They sell it at the Goodfill. Oh, really? You can go to the Goodfill and there is there is a, oh, so interested. a black woman in Nashville who makes different Shea butter lotions oh. and stuff. And you can fill up your jars at the Goodfill in Nashville. Hey, hey, Goodfill. And she has been afflicted with malaria mm-hmm. over and over again. She says that her blood is just so sweet. She doesn't act Ooh. like she seems like a pretty tough kid. Mm-hmm. She says that she has like really great dreams when she has malaria and she still goes outside. I guess it gives you wild dreams. Probably. Well, something she's she starts writing in the sand, like copying, almost like she's copying the constellations yeah. and she calls them skywards. Oh, I love that part. And one night she is doing this and as she finishes her skywards a meteor sho- a meteor shower mm-hmm. happens and a piece of the meteor falls into the ground and she picks it up and she said it leaks a little light mm-hmm. into her skin and she thought it was hot so she dropped it and it burrowed itself in the ground yeah she like said she seed. couldn't find like a seed so life goes on and She's out in her favorite tree, and she looks down. I think she has malaria. Mm-hmm. She's under about a malaria, and she just gets outside to go outside. Yeah, she has a fever. Mm-hmm. And so she thinks it's a fever dream, but she just doesn't give a shit if it's real mm-hmm. or not. But she sees this, what ends up being a box, coming out of the ground mm-hmm. and almost presenting itself to her. So she thinks it's this gift. And inside the box is what I, she calls it a seed. Mm-hmm. It seems like um like an oval-shaped stone. Yeah. And, and that's how I pictured my mind. And she talks to it. Mm-hmm. She feels close to it. She feels a connection with it. And she stops getting malaria. Mm-hmm. Um, she also starts to glow a little. And one day her box gets stolen by a local politician. Mm-hmm. She's very sad, but they end up giving her a ton of money. Or her family a ton of money. And I think two years pass. I think she's that's still experiencing right. this glowing. She thinks about the seed all the time. And she's on her way to the mosque with her brother, and she's crossing the road, and a car hits her. Mm-hmm. And it is really this lovely reading through, felt it felt kind of like a fever dream. Yeah. There are a few parts of the yeah, book where we're written so well. And it almost felt like hypnotic. You're trying to figure out what's real, what's not, what's Mm -hmm. happening. And she hits the ground. And then she said she starts feeling pain. She hears her brother screaming. And then all of a sudden, she feels this warm, like liquid warmth Mm -hmm. envelop her body and the green glow. And then everything is silent. 
and whatever it was emitted from her body killed like the whole last town the whole town i mean she doesn't know what to do she's Mm -hmm. just a kid she lives in her house where her mother is dead and rotting the whole town is rotting for a couple weeks Mm -hmm. before she just doesn't know what to do and she has to leave and on her way out of town she sees that the town has been like there's police officers guarding Mm -hmm. the entrance so she sneaks around them and she's also lost all of her hair Mm -hmm. that's another detail with the the glowing a man tries to pick her up he seems sketchy as fuck but she agrees to let her drive him or let him drive her to the next city and as soon as she gets in the car his car dies Mm -hmm. he gets pissed and tries to i don't know what he was planning on doing but he tries to what she perceives as killer and she radiates that green light. again. And I think this time he just disappeared. Mm-hmm. I think they left a jawbone mm-hmm. in this one case. Yeah, there's like always a bone left behind. Mm-hmm. And that's when she realizes that anything tech that she touches yep. dies. Which is, that's important. So mm-hmm. she has to walk everywhere. So fast forward she's constantly looking for this seed she feels like she can feel where it is and she's just looking for it looking for it i was about to jump into robotown yeah did you was there something no that's go that? for it yeah robotown's okay. next she mm-hmm. kind of just like travels around with that there's a fox that follows her everywhere oh Mo my gosh moven pick uh-huh oh i'm <laughs> what a awesome element to the I story know. that is never so moven pick is not affected at all by the green glow Right. Other animals are, but Movenpick isn't. And Movenpick was a, a, he escaped from their zoo, their town zoo. Mm-hmm. And her mom was telling her about it. She was like reading a news blip on her phone the morning that yeah this happened. Or the morning that she found the meteor, the media shower came down. The fox had escaped. And the fox has just been following her ever since mm-hmm. and follows her on this entire book. So she gets to Robotown, which as she enters, she sees this. I'm imagining it to be like two stories tall. This robot directing traffic. Oh, I I thought of a short thing, but I don't know why. That's so weird. I don't know why I think it was two stories tall. Huh. And there's little drones Uh also flying around. And while... The robot is directing traffic and making sure people cross the road safely. It's staring at Mm -hmm. her. And even as it's continuing to, it has like a female voice. I don't know why I keep saying it's a he, but (laughs) it's continuing to talk to everyone, tell them how to get across the road safely and stopping cars. It's still staring at her, Uh which was so eerie. I know. And at this point, she's very well known. Sankofa Mm -hmm. is widely known throughout this region in Ghana and they have deemed her the adopted daughter of death because mm-hmm. she can't touch tech and she has this power to kill people. And when she comes into a town, people just give her things to try to not make her make, mad. Right. <laughs> and she doesn't, I mean, she doesn't seem like she kills people. No. She kills when people attack her mm-hmm. or if she feels threatened. And she tries to control it. I mean, mm-hmm. she's, she's not trying to... Someone slaps her, she yeah. kills them. I mean, she she does try to control how it affects mm-hmm. how she reacts. But um, it's like this vibe that she thinks 
the robo the robot Mm-hmm. knows she who she yeah. is I, it feels like sentient or uh-huh. the word? i feel like i never pronounce that right she well the you learn that the robocop is it's not well you don't think it's reporting back to anything everyone right. in the town thinks it's just ai mm-hmm. and the kids make fun of it like it's just gonna kill them all one day yeah everything's reporting back to ai they also have in Robotown these things called jelly tellies. Yes. I can't, I don't know. Okay, it's, I can tell you what it is because this okay. was in the an article I read because I also had to look up some of the tech. Because that's what I wanted to know so much about the tech in this world. Is it something that really exists? No, uh-huh. it's not something that really exists, but I did read. Okay, in um, there, so in her world there are jelly tellies tvs made of gelatin that could be stretched and stuck to walls prayer shacks large walking containers with oriental rugs on their floors that block out all wireless networks so that one can be truly alone to pray which give to me that sounds wonderful like a float tank Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then traffic robots controlling intersections that are well maintained and loved by its villagers mobile phones called windows that are thin as as thin as a card of glass so that is from her website from oh, okay. website. Oh, so she explains okay. the tech a little bit more. Okay. So most towns have all of this tech. You never really hear why Robotown is called Robotown, but they do really cherish their little Robocop guy. Yeah. You she writes about how women in the town polish him. But also the street that the main thoroughfare through Robotown she writes that before Robocop there was people died every day it was such a dangerous mm-hmm. thoroughfare people couldn't cross cars couldn't see them and there hasn't been one death mm-hmm. since robocop's been there or robocop i just call him robocop i don't know they call i might steel, be called robocop steel man or i can't something. remember I don't what they call him. but anyway she is walking through the town and people always notice her she's young i think she's 13 when she gets to robotown and she notices a line I, I picture it like an Apple store on yeah. the when a new Apple device comes out. People line up. She comes across a store and there's this woman with these really interesting tattoos, like circuitry mm-hmm. down her arms. Which I'm like, that's a cool tattoo idea. That was a really cool <laughs> Yeah. And the woman calls her over and offers her kind of this deal. And mm-hmm. she becomes kind of like a mother to her. But the reason she needs her for that particular day is they have a shipment of some new thing coming mm-hmm. in. And she's been threatened that if she doesn't hand over the truckload, she's going to be killed or... Yeah, there's like a gang situation that's mm-hmm. going to come take her stuff. She wants her to be there, so she scares away mm-hmm. these people. And it works. Yeah. And then this woman's store is the most popular store yeah. to buy all your tech. So she stays there for a while. At least a year. Because she's about to start school. Mm-hmm. She has like kind of normal life. She's been... Really trying to control and harness that green light. Mm -hmm. But she goes to the market and she finds the seed Mm -hmm. in a box. Mm -hmm. She pays for the seed in the box. She picks up her orange Fanta and she sits under a tree with Bob and Pick. And she's just giddy Mm -hmm. with how incredibly, I mean, I don't know if blessed is the word, but it, it almost seems like her heart is in this moment she just wants to look at the seed this thing that she 
found comfort in for a while and then felt like maybe that's what actually destroyed her life. Mm -hmm. Like she doesn't know how to feel about it, but she's been reunited with it. And one of the drones from the RoboCop, I think that's what they call them, their eyes. Yeah. That's been following her. And all she wants to do is be alone Mm -hmm. with the seed and her food. Well, it gets closer and closer and closer and she touches it and it, it's killed because it's tech she's like kind of proud she doesn't really think much about it until she hears screaming coming from the road and a little boy has died because robocop's attention was on Mm -hmm. his drone that was just taken out and she's just kicked out of the town also that's what's really sad about this is she had a almost a family Mm -hmm. in robotown the imam's wife had become like a mother figure a counselor that was going to try to teach her how to get rid of this evil that lived inside of her and she had this hope that she could be a normal girl again so all of that is falling away and she finds another family-ish type which is it was so beautiful it was like some old farmers Mm -hmm. that took to her they gave her seeds she had a garden her and Moven Pick were living in the woods until one night there was a was it a jaguar Mm -hmm tried to attack her and she used her glowing light to kill the jaguar a bus of tourists saw what had happened and took her picture and she knew she had to leave this new home that she'd built and she heads back to Mm -hmm. her the home that she had destroyed years prior and that's where it ends or she sees i didn't even mention the element of the the science company yeah do you want to talk about that? Well, so when she it's goes back to her town, she realizes that a some sort of corporation has kind mm-hmm. of taken over and it feels very there's weird bougie hotels and everything's paid for by like think Monsanto. Yeah. That's what I was thinking in my head the whole time. It's like, yeah, motherfuckers. And it it feels very like the Hawkins Lab too. Mm-hmm. I, I kept thinking about that Stranger Things like the Hawkins Lab meets Monsanto yes. and it's just like taking over the town. And she realizes they have, she buries the seed and she goes back to her, you know, favorite tree at her home, buries the seed and then realizes, I can't remember exactly how she realizes it, but that they're controlling something from her star words or her seed. There's something like, basically they are utilizing tech or this alien tech in a very harmful way. And Mm -hmm. she realizes this can't be what happens am i am i right in this yeah and then she like blows up all the uh, the underground network yeah. of like seeds that they're using yes. to like grow these crazy mm-hmm. chantries or whatever mm-hmm. um and so the end is very much her realizing to me this is my take on it there's this element of well first of all aliens I want aliens to really exist i feel mm-hmm. like earth needs rescuing mm-hmm. and i really every time someone is like is that a UFO? I'm like, God, please let it be a UFO. I would be that person at this point in the beginning. <laughs> of course of, there are UFOs. I've, I would be this the people yes. in Independence Day that are on the thing being like, yay, we welcome you. The first to die. The first to die. At this point, the way the world is going. <laughs> uh, so aliens exist. And it's almost like they've, yeah, there's like evil corporation has mm-hmm. harnessed technology and like, for bad and Mm -hmm. come in and there's an element of 
when I have traveled to different countries in Africa or even in when I was in Haiti, there is an element of you see these foreign, big foreign corporations coming in and inv- I would, I guess, investing a lot in these countries. Mm-hmm. But there's definitely an element of like control exploitation and they, control. Okay, yeah. And I think there's a commentary on that in this book as well mm-hmm. of, yeah, there's there's a commentary on that in this book and mm-hmm. right at the end. But I lo- no, I loved this book. It made me want to read more science fiction. It made me want to read more novellas. I uh-huh. love a good short yeah, read. I read this in two nights. Yeah, it's so good. So this is a, a big recommend for Do us. you think your husband would like it? Yeah, I told him he has to listen to it. I think he's been on a kind of a science fiction okay. kick. So I think he would really like it. And it made me want to read the Binti trilogy. Me too. For yeah, sure. a couple of the interviews were after she had released – a new one mm-hmm. and it was it sounded really interesting mm-hmm. yeah for sure this would be a great a great mm-hmm. one wait anything else about the no i didn't cast no this one i because it's the the girl on the cover it, it has just has to be whoever that picture uh-huh. is of <laughs> it's exactly my picture but no i don't think so so one thing we wanted to do and we <laughs> in my head this was going to be a very short episode because it's a novella and we were going to talk about this, but we'll we'll breeze through it because it's already been a long one. We did want to suggest, so if you are looking to diversify your bookshelf some, you know, not just for Black History Month, but in the future, we, there are a lot of great creators out there that we've learned mm-hmm. a lot from or gotten like a lot of recommendations from. So we wanted to just share them with all of you and encourage you to go follow so that you can also... Uh, go diversify your bookshelves more than just our four recommendations for Black History Month. Uh, the first one who is where we got this recommendation from is at Books with Lee. So B-O-O-K-S-W-I-T-H-L-E-E. We've, we talk about her a lot. Yeah, we've mentioned her several times. <laughs> her account in on TikTok is so great. That's where I mostly consume her stuff. She does a, it's like read across Africa. So she reads a book from Mm -hmm. every country in Africa. And I've gotten a lot of recommendations from that. She's just really great. Mm -hmm. Love her. Highly recommend. Couple of new ones that I've been following. I don't even know if I've shared with you. One of them is Jenna's Lit Picks. So it's J-E-N-N-A-S-L-I-T-P-I-C-K-S. She is also fantastic. I, she does library hauls. You know, I love a Ooh, library lover. I'm a big fan of the library. So love that. She does interviews too with authors at Y'all Fest, which is, okay, this is what I almost told you at the what beginning. What is Y'all, Y'all Fest? Y'all Fest is, an, is a book festival. Okay. And it's going to be in Charleston. <gasps> And we want to do a book retreat. Are I we feel going like we to should Charleston? go to Charleston. I want to, when is it? I don't know. I just looked okay. up like two seconds before okay. this. But I think we should look into that. But she does author interviews that are really great. Really have gotten some great recommendations that are on my to read list. What's it called? TB, what's TBR? TBR? Like the book report. I'm so cool. I know all the hip words. <laughs> and yeah, the other one is Shelly's Corner. So Shelly is S H E E. No, that's not right. S. <laughs> Shelley's Corner is S H E L L E Y S underscore Corner. She's an Akatar fan. 
She is super fun. She has a really good mix of reviews, suggestions, and just fun videos, too. Is that on Instagram or TikTok? TikTok. These are all on TikTok. So those are three creators that I would suggest if you're looking to diversify your bookshelf. Definitely go follow all of them and get on that. Do you follow? I found her on TikTok, but I almost thought it was a not a joke. I didn't. Her handle is exclusive Palm Beach Living. Mm-mm. Her name's Jessica, and she's so cute. Mm-hmm. So she has also gives really good recommendations, mm-hmm. and she keeps me abreast of like what's coming out. Yeah, gets me oh, excited good. about because she gets a lot of arcs, and. Yeah, she's given me a lot too, but her handle is exclusive Palm Beach Living. Exclusive Palm Beach Living. <laughs> she has a podcast Love called it. Discover Latinx Lit, and that's her. But she, I mean, she does, her recommendations are really good. She makes fun of a lot of the the books that are most popular. Yeah. And she has a lot of like clever memes that have, I've found a lot of the books that we've read oh, on this cool. podcast from her. So Definitely go check out some of these creators and keep, you know, adding to your bookshelf authors that aren't just white. (laughs) (laughs) Diversify that. Yeah. And we are going to keep reading black female authors throughout Black History Month. And up next, we will be reading Honey and Spice, which is Spoiler alert, (laughs) real fun. We loved it. So (laughs) definitely go ahead and get that one. Read along with us. We've also already recorded that podcast. So we've already already talked about it. We know. We know. (laughs) We know we both love it. Yeah, definitely different from this one. Science fiction to like rom, ultimate Mm rom-com vibes. So uh, get ready for a 180 if you're doing this back to back. I doubt anyone's reading, like following along. <laughs> if someone out there is literally listening to our podcast and reading each thing, each week, salute, salute, salute to, to you. you. All right. Well, we will see you next time. And I don't, I don't know how to end this. Talk now. to you later. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this week's podcast of The Book Report with Allie and Rach. You can find us on Instagram at Book Report Podcast. You can find us on TikTok at at Book Report Podcast. And if you want to write us an email, you can write us an email at thebookreportpod at gmail.com.